0: Thank you for tuning in to the 330. Today we have Coleman Arthur interviewing the mayor of Cuyahoga Falls, Mayor Walters. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. This is exciting.
0: Yeah, it's an honor to have you on. So, we have a few questions for you regarding your uh, new election here in Cuyahoga Falls. So tell us, how does it feel to be elected for the third time as mayor of Cuyahoga Falls?
1: Well, I look at it as a true honor. So I've been here my whole life, never when I was your age thought I would be mayor and here I am. And it's just an amazing city and there's amazing things going on. So I'm really proud to be mayor of this city. And I just, I want to leave it better than I found it.
0: Yeah, I've grown up here my whole life and I think it is a wonderful place to live. It's honestly a great time. So tell us, what are the goals for this third term? Like what changes do you want to help bring about to Cuyahoga Falls?
1: Well, there's a lot of things and I don't want to take three hours to fill you in, but I do have to touch on some of them. So we see a lot of development going on. You've probably seen the downtown and obviously Portage Crossing, a lot of new housing developments going in. We want to build on that momentum because we want people to come to Cuyahoga Falls to to build homes, buy homes, open businesses, and come spend money here, even if they live somewhere else. So we want to build on that momentum and really promote our city and everything that we do. That's one part of it. But also, we need to work on infrastructure, which what that is, is a lot of things that are underground, water lines, sewer lines roads that we drive on so a lot of that is getting very old and that needs repaired so we have money set aside to be working on those projects it's not real glamorous to fix a water line because you don't see it it's underground but if it doesn't work or it breaks then everyone notices so we're going to be doing a whole lot of infrastructure work
0: that is amazing to hear i cannot wait for that to take place So, during your tenure, Falls has seen a lot of economic growth from downtown and the waterfront to Portage Crossings. How do we keep that going, and what other economic plans are in the works?
1: Well, what we do is we always want to build on what we have. So, the downtown is doing very well, as you know, but there are still a few vacancies and we're always working with potential business owners, people that want to open shops, restaurants, bistros. We're always working with that to bring them in, so we'll be at capacity pretty soon downtown but there's also little development areas within all the neighborhoods too that we continue to work on. South State Road, we want to get that all filled up. There's a few empty buildings, not a whole lot, but we want everywhere to be thriving. And what happens is crowds attract crowds. So when you have a busy part of the city, let's say downtown, for example, then more people want to come. It kind of builds upon itself. So we really wanna promote development we have new housing choices because a lot of people don't want a single-family home. They want a condo or a townhome where they don't have to cut grass and shovel snow. So we're seeing a lot of that being built in the city as well. We want to continue that momentum. We want to be the best city in the whole region.
0: That's amazing to hear. I, it is so awesome to hear that coming to tuition. So tell us, a major aspect of any community is the school as it kind of sets the tone for the town. How do you think the new high school in middle will affect Cuyahoga Falls?
1: I think it's going to be amazing. So as you know, the high school, which I went here and I graduated in 1981, quite a few years back. Um, but anyhow, this school will be 100 years old next year. It was built in 1922. So I would say it's time for a new high school, right? So finally, that's going to happen. And it's just so exciting because that's the one thing that as mayor, I do not control the schools at all. The schools run themselves. The schools have the school board, schools have the superintendent, they have their own money and they don't, they don't touch our money, we don't touch theirs, they make their own decisions. So I'm very removed from the schools, but I know how important it is to have great schools in the community. We have Cuyahoga Falls and Woodridge, both in our city of Cuyahoga Falls. We actually have Walsh and CVCA, which are private schools, but the new buildings on the Bullock campus is really gonna take us to the next level so when young families want to buy a home they look at the schools they look at everything about the city but the schools are very important because that's the future that's where their children are going to go learn so it's a great great time in cauga falls that we're going to have new schools
0: yeah that's great education is always important and the fact that even though you don't really have a say in it the fact that you acknowledge it is amazing to hear i cannot be more grateful for that so you grew up in Falls. So what's it like to see the community transform over the years?
1: Well, it's amazing. And I've seen it since I was very young and I see it all through those times and I see it now. And I I remember a lot of my childhood. I remember going to Falls High. I went to Lincoln and Roberts and Falls High. And I remember those days like they were yesterday. But things have changed so much. And the number one way that things have changed is the instant knowledge of the internet and Facebook and and all the media that we have now, none of that existed. In fact, you would have to get the daily newspaper and read about news the next day. You didn't know if anything happened until the next day. Now, some of the TV news channels would cover national news, things about Washington, D.C. and all that, but as far as local news, you just did not know what was going on until you saw it in the newspaper the very next day, which now... You know instantly if something happens you know instantly from your phone
0: exactly you always get that you always get notifications because there's so many different systems like google news and stuff like that that alert you on the fly that's it can lead to be a good or a bad thing now that you think about it so what inspired you become to become mayor of calico falls
1: um, growing up, I never, ever thought I'd be mayor, never wanted to be mayor, never was really interested in government or politics at the time. Didn't really know what I was going to be. I wanted to go to college, uh, maybe be an architect. I kind of like that. Um, so anyhow, what happened was I ended up getting a very good job at the age of 19. I bought a house at the age of 19. So I put off college and I put off college and I put off college. And you know what happens if you put things off for too long? you don't do them. So what happened was I had a really good job, had a house and a family and was doing great, but I didn't have a college degree. So I saw an opportunity to run for city council. So the city council person where I lived was actually my teacher at Roberts. So, and he was no longer gonna be on city council. So I talked to him and I thought, you know, I would be great at this job. I was good at working with people, good at solving problems. I knew the community inside and out. I really had a big interest in Cuyahoga Falls, so I told him, I said, I'm going to run for city council, and I won. So I ran six times total, 12 years on city council. I was council president for three years, and I really loved the government. But city council is kind of a part-time job. Being mayor is a full-time job, obviously. So I saw the opportunity to run for mayor. I had a ton of good ideas. The mayor at the time was here 28 years, and I felt that it was time for someone new. I felt it was time for someone with fresh ideas. So I ran for mayor and I won. um, And and I beat a 28 year mayor that they said was unbeatable. And that was my first election. And then the last two elections won just recently. I won by a landslide both times. But every day to me is a gift. Every day I'm honored to have this opportunity. I wake up excited, I go to bed excited. And every day to me is just amazing. So I love what I do.
0: That mentality, to be able to go to bed and wake up excited must be a wonderful life. I am, I'm honestly very proud of you. So is there one accomplishment during your time as mayor that you are the most proud of?
1: Well, I have to say the downtown, obviously, because that's probably the most visible to people. So the downtown, and I'll just tell the history very quickly, but 40 years ago, it was a road. There was a road there. But what happened was... All the businesses left the downtown, all the shoppers left the downtown, because that's about when the big shopping malls were popular, Chapel Hill, Summit Mall, Rolling Acres for a time, that's where everybody went. So everyone left our downtowns. Well, at the time, they didn't know what to do. There's no one in our downtown, what do we do? So they closed off the road, they put in a pedestrian mall, and they thought, well, all the pedestrians will come walk around because it's beautiful and there's park benches. And then when there's people walking around, then the businesses will come back. Well, it never worked. For 40 years, it was pretty much a ghost town. There was nothing downtown. So I knew with Chapel Hill failing, with Summit Mall kind of hanging on, but people loving the downtowns and not really liking the big indoor shopping malls, I knew there was an opportunity to totally revitalize our downtown, but we had to put the road back in. Because any retail business needs two things. They need visibility and accessibility. And that means with a car. And you can't do that on a pedestrian mall. And I don't know about you, but in February, when the snow's flying, I'm not walking around a pedestrian mall in Northern Ohio. So it just didn't work. We put the road back in. It's been wildly successful. People come here from all over. They come from Akron and Green and Bedford Heights. And I see people from and a friend of mine, comes here every weekend. So people come from far away to come to our downtown. We have three free parking decks. We have the beautiful Cuyahoga River runs right next to our downtown. We have the highway, which can bring people here quite easily. It carries an average of 85,000 cars a day right through our city. So it's easy to get here and get off the highway. So the downtown is probably the biggest accomplishment, and it's just a lot of fun to go down there.
0: Yeah, the downtown is definitely one of the more memorable parts of Cuyahoga Falls, in my opinion. So as we continue with the pandemic, how has COVID-19 affected your day-to-day life as a mayor?
1: Well, it was very difficult, especially 2020. So this year is getting a little bit better. But last year, when COVID kind of hit, and we were getting a lot of mandates from the state and from the health department to shut things down, uh, very, very difficult. Because first of all, I don't know that anyone that works for me in the city or myself has ever been through a pandemic, right? So there's no like guidebook to go by on how to how to operate, how to keep all the employees safe. We have 400 employees, we have police and fire that are on the front lines that go in people's homes that have COVID, we need to keep them safe. Because if all of a sudden all our firefighters start to get COVID and they have to go home on quarantine, what are we going to do when there's an 911 call and we have no workers? So it was very important to keep all our employees safe, but also the public. Uh, we had programs in place for maybe elderly people that didn't want to go out to the grocery store. We had volunteers that would go do that for them, bring them food, bring their prescription medications, anything they needed. So we really came together as a community and helped one another out. And that's what got us through last year. This year is getting better. Um, as the COVID slowly goes away and as the vaccines are available, I think we're slowly going to pull out of this. Financially, we never really did too bad. Um, but as far as health-wise, I think things slowly get better.
0: Yeah, I'm sure things, things will get better as we progress onto the next couple of years. So tell us, what are some of the fun aspects of being a mayor?
1: Probably my favorite thing of my job is I get to marry people. So a couples call and maybe one of maybe the husband's going to go away in the military and they need their health insurance or whatever the reason is, they don't want a traditional wedding with covid really you couldn't even rent a hall to have a wedding or a reception. So a lot of people would come in and I got to marry them and I've done probably a couple hundred marriages and honest I don't really get nervous in anything that I do. But at a wedding and I'm reading and I'm, I'm reading the vows and they recite their vows, I get butterflies because it's such a big deal that I get to marry people. That's probably the funnest part of my job.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful that you get to do that for people. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, what are some of the more difficult aspects of being a mayor?
1: Um, whenever there's a crisis and you never know what's going to happen. So just a few weeks back, we had a huge power outage. Our power was out in Cuyahoga Falls for 15 hours. Now, if power's out for an hour, not a big deal, right? You know, everything shuts down in our house. We light some candles if it's nighttime. 15 hours, that's a whole other story. So you might be losing things in your refrigerator, freezer. You might have elderly and you have an oxygen machine that plugs into the wall that you need to survive. There's just so many aspects to electricity that we take for granted. And all of a sudden, when it's off, that's a big deal it was a crisis. Traffic lights are out and people are going through intersections without stopping like a four-way stop. There was just so many things that we had to think about. Our water treatment plant, we pump water to the whole city. It goes into the water towers and then feeds from there into the neighborhoods. Well, if we can't pump water, pretty soon you won't be able to drink water, uh, take a shower, do laundry, flush the toilet. I mean, all those things we still need to do. So we had to make sure that we still had a water supply. Everything that you think about that you take for granted, all of a sudden was shut off. So that was a crisis. For 15 hours, we had to make sure that that repair got done and we need to make sure it doesn't happen again. But you never know what's gonna happen. From day to day, there's always some sort of a crisis. Hopefully it's a small one that we can fix quite easily. Um, Sometimes it's a big one like that.
0: Yeah, I think from that power outage, I think we all definitely learned a lesson that day to never take electricity or really anything for granted and always appreciate that you have it because it could be taken away at a moment's notice for an undetermined amount of time. And for our last question, what words of advice would you have for others wanting to follow the career path of government officials?
1: Well, I'm going to start out with one time I was at Lincoln School, this is about two years ago, and they'll invite me into a lot of the elementary schools to talk to the little youngsters and I'll usually read with them. Sometimes the third graders will all read a page and go around the table. Well, there was a group of third graders actually at Lincoln School and I told them I went to Lincoln School and this little boy raised his hand and he said, did you think you'd be mayor when you were in third grade? And I thought, geez, you know, I I can't lie because I really didn't when I was in third grade. So I had to think real quick, how am I gonna answer this little boy? So here's what I told him. I said, no. I didn't think I'd be mayor when I was in third grade, but I never thought I couldn't be. So my message to all the young people is you can be absolutely anything. My life path has taken me here, and I'm mayor of the 15th largest city in Ohio. Never in a million years did I think I would be here, but I am and I love every single minute of it. It's an honor that's been given to me. You can do the exact same thing. You don't know where your life's going to take you. But the goal in life, and we hear this a million times, is find a job, find something that you love, and you will never have to work a day in your life. And that's really what I do. So follow your dreams. Because we'll do mainstream things, we'll say, well, I have to go to college, I have to get a degree, I have to do this. But some people are good at working on cars. Some people have a very good uh, thing with their hands. They can do electrics, they can do plumbing, they can do all that kind of stuff. There's so much need right now. But what you want to do is, regardless of what you do in life, the goal is you have to have a passion for it. You have to be the best. I don't care what it is. Give 100% in everything that you do, and you'll do very, very well in life.
0: And that right there was probably, probably the best way we could have gone out on this. Well, Mr. Walters, it was an absolute honor having you here on the thirty three O.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. I'll come back anytime you need me.
0: Yeah, and thank you as well for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this very special edition of Local News and Events here on the 330 Podcast. We shall see you all again very soon.
2: Hello, my name is Kobe, and welcome to Swivel Sports, where I sit in a swivel chair and talk about sports. Instead of talking about the wonders of the beautiful sports history, today we're going to be talking to our very own Cuyahoga Falls. We're here with girls basketball coach Joe Nowak and boys basketball coach Todd Taylor. Hello, gentlemen. How are you today?
3: Doing well. How are you doing?
4: I'm all right, Kobe. Thanks for having us. I'm all right myself.
2: So I'm just going to ask you some questions today. Uh, how long have you guys been coaching?
3: This is starting my third year at Cuyahoga Falls, and then overall I've been coaching for 30 years. Oh, wow. I'm old.
4: <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm as old as coach. Um, I, I started coaching and actually in 1999 Uh, this is my 10th year as uh, our head coach I've been coaching here since oh six
2: okay the start of the season is coming up Uh, when is the first game
4: we open uh, Friday November 19th um, against Hudson and actually we have a couple home games to start the season so we are home Friday and Saturday Uh, against Twinsburg, and then we play uh, Streetsboro at home uh, Tuesday, and I think that's the 23rd.
3: We'll uh, start the season the day after Thanksgiving at akron Ellet on the 26th, then we'll return home that following Tuesday the 30th for Normandy, and that Friday the 3rd for Akron North.
2: All right, Uh, describe your feelings around the team and what you have as you build up to game one.
3: You know, we don't return a whole lot from last year, so we have a lot of inexperience. We only have three lettermen back. Um, So we're going to make some uh, some youthful mistakes out there, but I'm excited about the group that we have. They've been working hard. Um, And most importantly, every day we go on the floor, they're showing some signs of improvement. So we'll keep uh, trying to improve every time we get out there.
4: And we actually return uh, four starters from a year ago, so uh you know there's a decent amount of, of experience um f- for us at the same time the only two of those four starters are seniors so we have a number of, of players that gained a lot of experience as as underclassmen and and i think that experience for for them individually and also for us as a group will uh will, will be very you know valuable at the at the start of the year especially um we have two seniors um Jenna Roberts and, and Layla Smith and and everybody else is uh, basically they're a, a sophomore or a junior, so it's a it's a it's a pretty young group um, on the whole, but at the same time a group that's um, had a, had some varsity time over the last couple of years.
2: Mm-hmm. That leads me into my next question. Uh, what are your guys' expectations for the season?
4: It's it's. You know, always uh, I I feel like an optimistic time of year. So, you know, you you, you hope to at the at the very least get off to a good start, you know, and and try and establish as as much of momentum as you can in the in the beginning part of the year, you know, and uh, for us, you know, depth will be an issue. So, you know, it's going to be a. season or you know a situation a time where you hope that you know a lot of players that that haven't you know gained a lot of experience over the last couple of years can can play well and, and and really gain an understanding quickly of of you know what they'll need to do to to be able to compete and and for us to to do well you know as a team so you know the the expectation i think is uh like i said to be able to to, to start the season well but also you know be able to to just keep getting better and and be able to to really start playing as as well as we can in the second part of the season
3: you know with us with so much inexperience you know we're just looking to get better every time we step on the floor as i mentioned earlier um you know i don't really like to put a number on wins and losses because that just uh, that's not fair to anybody but we're just looking to like i said every time we go out there we're trying to you know have a consistent effort a consistent attitude whether that be on the practice floor or the game floor. I'm a firm believer you, you play like you practice. So right now we're really working on being more consistent with our effort and practice, and then we feel that will carry over uh, to, the, to the game floor. Also, with so much inexperience, we're looking for somebody to step up. Um, you know, with only three letter winners. Two of them are sophomores. So we're looking for those individuals to step up, be consistent, and take a leadership role as well.
2: We need a leader. I see that. Uh, both of you play in the tough suburban league, but you are switching divisions. Uh, do you think this was a good switch for your team?
4: I think both divisions for us, you know, are are equally competitive. Um, you know, I don't know if it really makes that much of a difference for us, you know, the 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 top level teams, you know, which we're you know always trying to to get to that point are Really, really good in the the American, just like they're really, really good in the in the Nationals. So, you know, it's it's I think one of the most competitive leagues in in, in Northeast Ohio. So, you know, no matter which division you're in, it, it's it's solid from top to bottom, and you know, it's 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 going to be a challenge, just like it was, you know, when we were playing in the National for a, for us to do well. You know, it, it, there's there's going to be a lot of good good competition you know, pretty much every every single time we play.
3: You know, for us, you know, we trans- transform over to the smaller division. But however, you've got teams over there have been playing for district championships year in and year out. I think maybe the only thing that helps us a little bit this year is uh, there's a lot of graduation on the American side. You know, we, we were affected by it as well. Um, so it's a fresh start for several teams, um, including us. So. Hopefully that balances things out, uh, but it's a, it's a very competitive um, league, and each and every night you got to bring your A game. And if you don't, um, it's not going to be a very successful night. But uh, it's a challenge that we're looking forward to.
2: So, in this division, in your guys' opinion, who do you believe is the top team for this year, or top teams?
3: Well, it's tough because not been a part of the the American, but you just look at the history of the Copleys, Revere's, Talmadge um you know those teams are winning championships district championships and so forth i think it's a pretty balanced league this year Uh, again i mentioned a lot of a lot of us have been hit by graduation uh, but i think you always got to put revere and copley up there and um, the other coaches and programs do a fine job so we're all going to battle it out but um, revere and copley consistently the last several years have been at the top
4: yeah, Copley's done a really nice job on, on both sides uh, for, for both the guys and girls. Um, you know, so I, I, like Coach said, you know, you still, everything's kind of new at this point, but, you know, just from from past experience or even seeing, you know, what, what we did over the summer, you know, Copley and Highland are solid. Um, you know, Re- Revere's always good. Barberton's consistent, just like Talmadge and, and Kent are as well. So, you know, you really don't have you know, any of these off nights or or nights where, you know, like things are going to be easy for you. And, and that, that can only help, you know, I think that you you always have the goal of trying to, you know, play as well as you can in the second half of the season. So, you know, being able to face good competition, um, you know, consistently is is only going to be beneficial for you, uh, beneficial for us, you know, I think individually and collectively.
2: So circling back to what coach Taylor said, talking about leadership and having a leader, um, who are the leaders of your team so far? Who are you counting on to contribute to the success of the team?
4: Well, I feel like, you know, anytime you, you can rely on, you know, your seniors, it's a good thing. Um, so, you know, like I said, Jenna Roberts and Layla Smith are, are, are two um, several year varsity players for us. Um, you know, we also had key contributions last year from, um, two girls that are now juniors, Mackenzie Kramer, Ellie Brustoski. So those four, um, will be in in our starting lineup. Um, and I, I, think it's, it's a, it's a core group there that, you know, not only is talented, but also has, has taken on a leadership role. So you have, you know, two seniors, two juniors, and then our, our other, uh, players who have, very much you know I I think gotten better over the first few weeks of the season two juniors uh Chloe Dunford and uh Emma Aloisi for us and then two sophomores that are um really challenging themselves I think every day to get better and that's uh Trista Lee and, and Darlene Smith so you know it's a it's a it's been a good group for us you know it's like I said we just have to try and Establish some kind of depth and establish, you know, an understanding right away of of what it's going to take to play well. You
3: know, that's what we're searching for is that leadership. Um, Naturally, you like for it to be your seniors, but our seniors are inexperienced at the varsity level. So we're really looking for anybody to take over. You know, the the leading senior returner is Jaden Hillier, of course, but, you know, Jaden... You know, he kind of sits back and, and kind of lets everybody else do it. Um, he's had a tremendous fall for us, and we have high expectations for him. But I think a couple of natural leaders that we have: um, sophomore Tim Mitchell, not a vocal guy at all, but he really leads by example out there. When any time we do something, he's always the first one there, first one done, um, 100% each and every day out there. Probably more of a vocal leader for us would be junior Matt Pelfrey. He's done a nice job of taking on that role, you know, speaking up, you know, getting people where they need to be and, and really trying to be a good leader. Um, I expect as the season goes on, Jaden and some of the other seniors will step up in that role. Uh, but you know, that's something we're searching for and, and it doesn't always have to be a vocal role, just lead by example. And I think we've got several guys that will do that and, uh, that'll certainly help since we do have so much inexperience, we're looking for that leadership.
2: Coach Taylor, I have recently discovered that you've lost a valuable member of your coaching staff in Brent Hovey. <laughs> How do you ever plan to replace him?
3: Well, you can never re- replace Brent Hovey, that's for sure. Um, you know, we've got a terrific JV coach this year. It's been on staff the last several years and Sean Eckert. Um, so we can only hope that uh, he can live up uh, to it's Brent a, Hovey's expectations. It's a high bar that well, Coach Hovey has, has established over the
4: years. There's no way he'll be as good as me. <laughs> good luck, Coach. Did, did, did Mr. Hovey uh, tell you to include that? Uh, well, he kind, encouraged of it? O- kind of took over. <laughs> he encouraged it.
0: I uh, No, I tried to take that question out, and Kobe really fought to keep it in there. So, um, you know, I'm very humble and. Uh, you know, he just wanted to appraise me a little bit. So, uh, you know, I had to go with it
3: there. I guess they're, uh, building the statue outside the gym. It's just, it's not done yet.
0: Hopefully it's me <laughs> sitting on the bench eating popcorn.
4: <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> uh,
3: uh,
2: what are your guys' favorite part about coaching?
3: Go ahead, Coach Dale. I, I, I mean, obviously everybody likes to win and, and things like that, but I, I really enjoy practices. I enjoy the summertime, you know? But uh, I really, I get a big kick out of practices. It's when you really get to teach and you get to teach and coach everyone in the gymnasium. Um, you know, during the varsity game, I'm just coaching the varsity players. Uh, but that two, two and a half hours that we get in the gym, I really enjoy that. And then in the off season, um, it's a little bit more laid back and you know, get to know the, the kids a little bit better and they get to see a different side of, of me as well. But uh, um, practices is, is what I really enjoy
4: i think for me you look back you know and and i i'm proud of i I think the 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 relationships and the 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 environment we've been able to establish over the the years we've been doing this um you know like coach said the the any success you have is 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 great you know and in i think we're all competitive and we all want to do as well as we possibly can but you know the the ability to you know i guess help people succeed and 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 put them in positions to do well and also give them you know a chance to be part of something that that they you know enjoy and and for us to to be able to you know see people you know graduate and and, and go off and, and do good things and and you know come back and say you know we, we really enjoyed being part of the program and and still being able to you know stay in touch with with former players like I do you know um, each year is 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 really one of the positives and I think it's it's just those you know, relationships and connections that that you, you know, establish with, with people in your program, um, that, that really, it's, it's a big reason, you know, why I still love being in the gym every day along with, you know, like coach said, the, the teaching aspect and the, 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 the competition aspect, those things are great. And it's, it's, it's the people that, you know, really kind of bring, keep, keep me coming back to doing this.
2: Is there one moment that really sticks with you from your coaching
4: days? That's a really good question, <laughs> which means, you stumped me. So, I'll Coach. Go. I,
3: I've got a couple. Um, first, my first experience here at Chicago Falls was back in the nineteen nineties, on the on the girls' side. My first year, uh, my my squad went undefeated, and the varsity squad went squad went to the final four. So that was a big highlight. Um, two other highlights for me: uh, a couple years ago at Green High School, we won the district championship. Uh, won the regional semifinals and lost to uh, Saint Eds in the, in the district, or excuse me, the regional championship, and it's the first uh, district championship in school history for basketball program. So that was a big excitement. And then a couple years ago, uh, getting our league win at Nerdonia, we hadn't won a league game in a couple years, and, and winning was great. But the best part about it was seeing the jubilation on the ki- with the kids in the locker room afterwards, how proud they were of themselves and the excitement. So. Uh, that's three that really stick out to me over the years.
4: I guess for me it would, it would be you know the, the first uh, you know I was able to experience um, here at the falls in terms of you know you, you remember your for me your, your first varsity win you remember your first tournament win uh, you know so those always stick out you know anything I, I think for me you know is, is postseason you know victories we've had are are always. You know, special, um, and, and like Coach said, you know, seeing the, it's it seeing that 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 emotion, that happiness, um, you know, the the connection that the the kids establish, you know, with themselves, um, you know, and being able to, you know, just just be a part of that and, and, and take it all in. Is it, it, those are those are things that, that i think you always remember. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, along with those, you know, I, I I'm, I'm proud of our. our You know the players that have been able to achieve you know individual milestones you know or or set records you know that that they've been able to to establish over the years um but and also i think you know for the few players we've had go off to college and play you know those are those are proud moments for for me to be able to you know see those players continue to to do something that they love and also you know do well in it and and you know it's it's a combination of a lot of different things you know and and not just wins and losses
2: Uh, what sports did you guys uh grew up playing
4: I obviously played this crazy sport for for a while i I was also um i was also a runner you know i still enjoy uh, running as as much as i can uh so you know still run half marathons for example or distance you know distance runner um i was not a very good golfer but i did you know that for for a couple of years as well so um coach's probably a lot better than that sport than than, than i am but um you know it's it's it, you know a combination of, of, of basketball and you know baseball for a little bit but also you know the, the running the running thing and also the golf two things i still try to to stay active in you know even though i'm a lot slower a lot older and was never very good on on the links but uh, still very much enjoy being out there
3: i i grew up playing the. Football, basketball, baseball. Um, got to high school and just concentrated more on football and basketball. But, uh, you know, football, I did uh, one year college football, but uh, I was actually coaching football here and got the opportunity to coach girls basketball with Tom Jones and jumped on it and been doing it ever since, like I said, I guess 30 years now. But, you know, and that's one of the things, you ask what we played growing up. If you if you notice, both Coach and I mentioned multiple sports that we played and. And you know, right now we don't have enough kids playing multiple sports. We have too many, you know, quote unquote, specialists where they just play one sport. I'd really like to see our kids, you know, get involved in more, in more than one sport. I look back to the '90s when I was here coaching basketball. Our boys and girls programs were solid, you know, all, all the way through. And you, when you went to a game, you notice a boy or girl that was playing two or three different sports. So I'd really like to see our kids get back to to playing multiple sports. So.
2: Uh, every year I'm sure that cutting players is very difficult. Uh, what advice do you have to those who want to try out for those teams who have been cut, but want to keep playing?
4: Well, I think you have to keep at it, you know, and you have to, uh, I think have, have a, a plan or some kind of, you know, vision to what you want to try and accomplish, you know, in, in the future and, and give yourself goals and, and an understanding of, of, you know, where you need to get better and, and how you need to improve. And, and, you know, at the same time, you know, be willing to, you know, have a conversation and, and, and get an idea from, from a coach's standpoint of, of where, you know, that improvement needs to take place. And and like I said, it's, it's, it's probably the worst part of the job um, you know, having to do something like that. But I, you know, I've never met anybody, you know, from a coaching standpoint that, that didn't want to help in some way. And I think if you, you know, are, are, are truly interested in, in trying to, you know, earn, earn a roster spot and and get better, there's going to be help out there to, to allow somebody to do that. So, you know, I think it's 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 important to, uh, again, have an understanding of where you need to improve and also, you know, an idea of, of how you're going to get there.
3: I, I think it's important that, uh, you know, thank goodness you don't see the, the list that you used to see back in the day when the team that made it, there's a list on the door. I think it's important to have those conversations with those individuals when you do cut them. Let them know why. You have to be brutally honest with them. Um, and let them know if if that's really a passion they have to continue to work at it. You know, I've experienced it personally over the years. We've had boys that have gotten cut in seventh and eighth grade, and they're our starting guard in a district championship game. You know, we've had uh, individuals here the last couple years get cut, and now they've made the squad. But it's, it's a conversation you have to have with them and be honest with them and then encourage them if this is something they want to do then to keep working at it. And then uh, when we start off our off-season program, encourage them to come back around and be part of it. But it's, uh, it's unfortunate. You know, We're in a sport that we do have to make cuts. And like Coach said, it's probably the toughest job that we do.
2: Okay. Now I'm going to give you some some quick hitters, just some quick questions. Uh, choose one or the other. Just answer as fast as you can.
5: Go
3: ahead.
2: <clears throat> College basketball or the NBA?
4: College
3: basketball. College.
2: Favorite all-time basketball player?
3: Mark Price.
4: Mark Price. I was going to – well done. We're old. <laughs>
2: <laughs> kind of funny. I was thinking Mark Price, too. Three for three. Lie. LeBron James or Michael Jordan?
3: Both. <laughs> um, uh, if I want to win, Michael Jordan. Jordan.
2: Pass or shoot?
4: Pass. Pass.
2: Coach, standing or sitting?
4: Standing. Standing.
2: Best coach ever?
4: Tom Jones. I think – best coach ever you want, you want local or you want I, it it's i don't just off, I don't the know. Of off the top um, of my head Dean Smith uh
2: lose by one on a buzzer beater or lose by 40.
4: well i've been at both <laughs> <laughs> yeah um
3: one. Yeah, lose by one. It's a great learning experience.
2: A calm or screaming coach? Both.
3: <laughs> they both are effective in their own. I mean, they are both are effective.
4: Mostly calm.
2: All right. Uh, thanks, guys. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
3: I just thank you for having us in, and uh, we're really looking forward to the season, looking forward to having the student section back out there and fans. Um, it was uh, an odd feeling last year. Um, I felt bad for our players not having the support of their classmates out there. So really excited to, uh, to see the, the fans back in the stands this year and looking forward, uh, forward to a successful uh, campaign this year.
4: Like I said, just thanks for having us, Kobe. And, I'll, you know, just I'm, I'm blessed to have the, the chance that I do to, to, to have this job and, and to be able to, you know, hopefully be a positive part of, of people's lives. And at the same time, you know, we're, we're trying to keep keep getting better and and, and – Keep the success we've had over the last few years. Keep that rolling. All
2: right. Well, good luck this year, gentlemen, and we'll be checking in with you.
0: Thanks, Kobe. Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: That was Swivel
0: Sports. Today on the gaming segment, we have two people on board with me to talk about something I'm not very familiar with when it comes to gaming. We have Jeff Nichols. Hello. And Kobe Slusser. Hello. So both of you, tell me. Um, There is a very popular gaming platform that is very well known in the world of gaming, known as Steam. I'm not all too familiar with it, so both of you tell me. What's it about and what perks does it might have? So Steam is basically just
2: like where you could get all of your PC games. Um, I mean, there's there's other ways to get PC games like their Epic Games Store and stuff like that, but it's like kind of the, the main one. It's been like that for like a while um, where you can buy pc games you can pay money for them or get them for free um there's um there's forums blog posts stuff like that to talk about certain stuff within games um maybe talk about like bugs and glitches maybe look at patch notes um achievements as well in-game achievements very similar to stuff like xbox live and psn
0: interesting interesting and so then there's
2: also stuff like um steam keys and trading cards stuff that you can obtain through playing games and then you can trade them in for like other games um, or you can just trade it in for cash and stuff like that
0: thanks for that um yeah that honestly sounds like it would be a huge benefit so but tell me does steam what would steam offer In terms of options, options for gaming, like would games come perks with different content or maybe different options for its Um, output?
2: Well, it just kind of sort of depends. There are games that um, come to PC that are kind of more exclusive than Xbox, uh, PS4, only any console releases, and sometimes there's even like a mobile release, something like that. Um, It's probably I'm going to say it's probably a little more fleshed out. There's probably a lot more content. Um, Definitely has a different feel. Like I remember um, Spongebob Squarepants Battle for Bikini Bottom. That had a PC release. But it was also released on consoles like the Xbox, um, the original Xbox, the GameCube. And then I think it was released also on Game Boy Advance. And it was on the
0: PS2. Yeah,
2: it was also on the PS2. Um, Great one and the, best one the Game of Boy time. Advanced and PC editions were very different than the console releases. Um, sometimes they're different. Sometimes it's really just the same as console games, um, with the exception being that, of course, on a console you're using controller, um, controller controls, um, as opposed to PC with mouse and keyboard there definitely is sometimes there's different things about it. Maybe there's a little easier to get mods and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah.
0: All right. And what, and with the original battle for bikini bottom that it was a entirely new game on PC. It was like a point and click adventure game. And on game boy advance, it was a 2d platformer, but yeah. with, with its remake rehydrated, it's now virtually the same all, all across the board between PS4, mm-hmm. Xbox one, switch and PC. It's basically like the same game. So Jeff, yeah, uh, I would like to hear your thoughts. What experiences from Steam have you had that were the most memorable?
5: The most experience that I have had was being able to trade. Because on console, you can't trade games to other people. Like, you can't gift people games that they want unless you end up having their account information and buy it on their account or get them the disc
0: right right it's honestly just like when you when you have that yeah it's just when you have that benefit it almost makes it like you could plan out what experiences you'd want to have both both out of the box and just more so in for what the developers and uh,
2: actually adding to that there's actually some games even have it where you can like buy it where you can give it to multiple friends you don't have to give it to just one there's like a pack um and it's like a, a value deal like it's less than just buying four copies of the game but you're giving it to like i'm pretty sure terraria has like a four player pack or something like that some games have like two four player packs where they just give four copies of the game and it's a, it's a more expensive price but it's more than just buying four copies for four friends stuff
0: like that yeah or like less than buying four copies so yeah. it's like a, so it's just like a value deal per se for yep. a multiplayer pack so um yeah but I have to ask you both I've heard that Steam also allows uh modifications for games how would that be done and what could you add on to a game
2: stuff like Gary's mod um, through like the workshop you can just add a bunch of stuff and then I guess you can like download it through steam and then it comes into the game um, and of course you you don't have to like you have a, like a definitive version Skyrim for example um, that has like an ultimate version where it has DLC as well as the um, ability to download mods. Um, within the game, um, but with Steam, you don't have to do that. It's entirely through, I think, Workshop as well as probably a few other features. Do you have
0: Do you have anything to add on to that, Jeff? Um, no, not really. Alrighty, interesting. So, what would you do? You guys have any recommendations for for steam versions of particular games
2: um well i guess it sort of depends if you want to be a pc gamer then um definitely get pc games if you would like to stay on console then stay on console um there are there is a benefit of course you can also hook up a controller to your computer to play pc games that way of course if it's supported um that's really all i have to really say i mean pc games they're not i'm not gonna say that they're like better than console games
0: but they do have their fair share of advantages yeah yes like
2: you just have to look at the pros and cons
0: yeah 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 gaming gaming on consoles it's convenient cheaper and it, it all around just it's just a better experience if you have like if you're just kind of on a budget but if you're looking to have like if you're looking to be like a streamer for games and if you're wanting to suppose if you're wanting to like have the best output for like if you want the best frames or if you want the best like frame data and stuff like that or like the least amount of like you know like frame lag and stuff like that for like fighting games for instance like if you're playing a game on pc it would run at a better frame rate and have better output resolution than it would be and of course you have to
2: get the right pc because you know you can't just get a 50 laptop and and just play like Skyrim or something. You can't just, you can't buy like an $80 computer and expect it to run perfectly, Um, which is kind of a disadvantage because when you have a console, it's, you know, it has the processor, it has the hard drive, it has the stuff that is basically built into the console and you don't necessarily have to get a crazy expensive, $600,000, even $2,000 computer to run a game. Exactly. And if you don't like the games, then you can uh, refund them. Um, the catch is that you have to play them with like less than two hours, and it can't just be like a year after you downloaded it. And I'm speaking from experience, because when I downloaded PUBG, well, my brother downloaded PUBG on my computer, I played it for two hours, and it, it was very clear that the game couldn't run on my computer, so I tried to refund
0: it, and it didn't work. Oh. So I guess that's just a warning. Lesson learned here, folks. Yep. Lesson learned. Refund less than two hours after you've played through their... through
2: a game that you don't want to.
0: Yes. Actually, play. if you play, if you decide you don't want to game, don't want to play the game, or you don't, if you want your money back, decide rather quickly because otherwise your chance will be gone. Mm-hmm. Do you? Do e- Do you have? Do either of you have any final thoughts for today? In regards to. What you would say about Steam? Just a summary. No, I
2: think I'm, I think I'm all right.
0: Jeff, I'm all right too. All righty, well, thank you all for tuning in to this gaming segment on the Three Three O about Steam. Uh, perhaps this have has convinced you all to give Steam a try. Just if you just note that, like Kobe said, just make sure you get best hardware you can to run especially if you're gonna run some pretty demanding games so yeah thank you all for tuning into this gaming segment on the 330 podcast we will see you all very soon welcome back to another round of local news and events here on the 330 today i am featured with simon powers hello simon how are you doing
5: i'm doing good coleman how are you i'm doing good
0: myself <clears throat> we have some we have some more news to talk about here in the 330 Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> so first up, we've had news that the pandemic thrust Akron-based Gojo into spotlight.
5: Huh. Interesting.
0: I know what you might be thinking, "What in the heck is Gojo?"
5: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, Coleman.
0: See, Gojo is an industry that provides that provides health in Akron and fills fills Markella Kenfer Rocklick and the company's executive chair with basically just cleaning supplies and to help out with like it's mainly how you see like hand sanitizers it's awesome and stuff like that
5: so it's like they're helping the community of akron
0: yeah they're yeah they're helping out the community
5: I, f- I feel i feel like that's a really great way to like kick off the year kind of not the new year but kick off the school year
0: yeah they've done yeah they've been do. they've had 75 years of history
5: that's amazing
0: yeah, it's it's safe to say it's safe to say that their first seventy three years were nothing like the last two. And the demand for the company's hand sanitizer and soaps exploded as the pandemic took hold across the world.
5: That so I'm sorry, they're based in Akron, correct? Yeah, they're based in Akron. That's awesome, I never knew that.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's insane. And they recently hired five hundred new employees and manufacturing or distribution facilities were opened in Maple Heights.
5: That's so cool. I, I might have to check
0: that out. Along with, Nav- along with Navarre and Ashland, on top of existing operations in Cuyahoga Falls and Mooster.
5: It's really actually interesting. Can you tell me more?
0: Um, When it, come, when it comes down to it, they've really only been... It, it is kind of unfortunate, though, because they've only really been getting recognition for the past couple of years because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's
5: like a sweet and sour situation. Sweet for them, sour for us in a way
0: basically and in other news we've had we've had police looking for a male between 15 and seven years old who robbed an Akron subway
5: I'm speechless go on
0: yeah apparently off officers reported just before 9 a.m to a robbery call that a subway located in the 1000 block of Kenmore Boulevard happened
5: I I believe I've been on that road that's I never wow
0: yeah it's just like so what happened was when the employee opened the register to complete the transaction after making an order, the alleged robber jumped the counter with a gun in his hand and took an un- undisclosed amount of cash from the register.
5: Sounds like a lot of it's undisclosed.
0: Yeah, disclosed.
5: Oh, disclosed or undisclosed? I'm sorry. Undisclosed. Undisclosed. I got it. That's
0: you're fine. And the robber and the robber fled on foot to an unknown direction.
5: That how I feel about that is like. It's something weird, like you don't feel like something like that. You feel like something would happen like that in Brooklyn or New York, but nothing is close to home as we are to Akron.
0: Exactly. As something you've seen a movie. Exactly. So please, anybody with information is encouraged to contact the Akron Police Department Detective Burrell at 330-375-2490. Please do. And our final story for today, we've had an Allegiant heir... We've had Allegiant heir flying out of Akron Canton Airport after leaving Cleveland Hopkins. Wow. Following its decision to pull out of Cleveland Hopkins International Airport last month, Allegiant Air announced Tuesday that it will now offer flights out of the Akron Canton Airport.
5: That's actually like really cool.
0: Yeah, and the fl- and the flights are going to be Punta Gorda Airport, Sarasota Bradenton International Airport, St. Pete Clearwater International Airport, and Savannah slash Hilton Head International Airport. They're going to have a lot of options.
5: That's, that's travel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And one more fair is for those destined start as low as $59, but seats and dates are limited and not available on all flights. And in order to lock in a low price, tickets must be, tickets must be purchased by Wednesday for travel by May 16, 2022.
5: I'm going to have to look into that.
0: Yeah, please. Yeah, please do because I'm definitely doing that. Because I actually plan on going to, I actually plan on flying for the first time. So you ever been flying before? Yeah, I well, yeah, I'd never really been. I've only ever been out of state once. I went to Washington D.C. in eighth grade, but we took a bus for that.
5: flying. is gonna be like. Let me give you a tip. Chew gum on the on the takeoff and on your and on the way down. Pop your ears. You know how to do that? You do that. You blow really hard. Ah. So, because there's a lot of pressure building up as you're, like, thousands of feet up in the sky. But um, it's really fun, and um, so where would you be going?
0: Uh, Hopefully Georgia.
5: We're part of Georgia. I have family in Georgia. Savannah. Um, I have family in Savannah.
0: Hey. It's, it's so
5: pretty there. You're yeah, going to I love have it.
0: Family in, I have family in Savannah, too. We're, I'm visiting my niece, my sister, and my brother-in-law. That's
5: awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to this segment of local news and events here on The 330. And thank you, Simon, for coming on to discuss these with me.
5: Of course, the pleasure.
0: The pleasure, indeed. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time for local news and events. I'm Julian McDonald.
5: And I'm Simon Powers. And this is, this is The 330s, 330's Music, music review. review.
0: Today, we'll be talking about the rapper and Shaker Heights High School graduate, Machine Gun Kelly.
5: You may know him as the artist who made the songs Rap Devil, Bloody Valentine, or My Ex's Best Friend.
0: Yeah, MGK was born in Texas, but he grew up in Cleveland, so it counts.
5: Colson Baker has a daughter by the name of Casey Colson Baker, born on July twenty-four, two 2009, when he was 18 years old.
0: Machine Gun Kelly began his music career in Shaker Heights High School, and it blossomed since then.
5: If you want to listen to MGK, find him on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere you stream your music. I'm uh, Simon Powers.
0: And I'm Julia McDonald. And,
5: and this is this this the is a 330's Music Review. Hey, I'm Simon Powers, and this is Fun Facts with Simon. We are going to switch it off the format today for Fun Facts. Today, joining me in the studio is Jeff Nichols. I'm going to turn my Fun Facts into a trivia contest for Jeff. If Jeff gets all three correct, he wins a high five. If he gets all three wrong, he still gets a high five, but I won't be smiling. Okay, ready, Jeff? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, true or False. The humans are the only animals that like spicy foods. True. That is correct. You have one, one and one. Now, true or false? An elephant's trunk tusk reveals its past living conditions. False? Two for two! False. A narwhal's tusk does that. Elephants' tusks are actually enlarged incisors. Um. Incisors. Uh, incisors teeth which at first appear when elephants are around two years old. Tusks continue growing throughout their lives. Tusks are used to help with feeding, prising bark off trees, or digging up roots, or as a defense when fighting. For our last fun fact trivia question of the day, what food causes more weight gain than any other food in the whole wide world? Salad. It's potato chips. Come on, get over here. I'm not smiling, guys. There you go. And I'm Simon Powers, and this was Fun Facts with Simon.